Hi, and welcome to the Lighthouse Church Podcast, where we're diving deeper into God's Word and doing our best to help encourage you in your walk with God. Thanks for joining us. So this morning, God is, and we can all say that God is a lot of things, but over the next few weeks, we're going to take a look at a few things in particular, because I think we need a reminder of who He is. But one thing today is that God is always preparing a way. God is always going before me, uh, and I think that's the, that's the place that we want to settle in today and focus on today is that. But we're going to be in two different scriptures today, two different pieces of scripture, uh, and here's where the surprise comes. Uh, because Amanda has no idea. We're going to be in Jonah chapter 1. So while somebody's sitting here wondering whether or not that was a word from the Lord, (laughs) we didn't cheat off each other. She has no idea. I had no idea. I don't even think she knew she was going to say that when she walked up here. Jonah chapter 1. Somebody needs to listen today. Y'all with me? Somebody, has, somebody better be listening today, because today God's going to fix your problem. Y'all ain't getting it. Somebody is going to get their problem fixed today, and it may be more than one somebody. So I'm going to tell you, I've been there myself, but Jonah chapter 1 is going to be one place, man, that we're at. John chapter 21 is the other. We're going old and new today. Uh, we're going retro. We're going uh, brand new. So John 21, let's go ahead and start there, can we? John chapter 21, and I, there's so much good stuff about this story. And I'm going to focus in on just three, three or four verses. Verse 3, he said, he said this, he said, I'm going out to fish. Um, and, and this is Peter talking. And this is, you know, in John chapter 21, this is the last chapter of John. And I love how John's written because it reveals Christ in a whole different way. But John is so arrogant, it's not even funny. And if you could pick it up throughout the scripture, you know, like when he's talking about Peter and John running to the tomb, he says, Peter and the one that, that, the one that Jesus loved right it's like there was Peter and then there was the one that Jesus loved and and so and it, and it says that the, everything even says that Peter beat him there but John was the first to go in uh, that was John's um, um, uh, writings of that but anyway here he is talking about this Jesus has ascended from the grave he's in a resurrected body but here he is and it says that they decided to go out and fish. Well, I can't blame them because everything in their life for the last three years has now all of a sudden changed. And here's Simon Peter. He says he told them, he said, well, they said, he said, I'm going to go fish. And Simon Peter told him, he says, uh, uh, said, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out, got into the boat. But that night, y'all know the story, they didn't catch a thing. They must have been at Lake Warren. That's all I can say. So, uh, Every time I go, just about. Early in the morning, I see people pull out fish, and I'm like, you must have brought that with you because there ain't no way that's in that lake. Early in the morning, it says, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them. He said, friends, did you catch any? And they said, no. He said, well, throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you're going to find some fish. And they said, you crazy old man. No, they didn't. They didn't say that at all. According to this, it says, well, it says when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Now, let's go to the Old Testament in the book of Jonah. And this is a short book. If you've never read it, it quite possibly could be the most depressing book that you ever read in your life because Jonah had some issues. Here God is wanting to use Jonah to go to preach to people. And Jonah refuses. And then when he does go, he goes and preaches to him. 
He's mad at God because God actually extended his grace to him. And then he sat down and whined about it and wanted to die the whole time. And God provided a place for him to have some shade. And then to get him to move, God had to provide a worm to eat the shade up. You know, God does that to us too. And Jonah, maybe a lot of us have more in common than Jonah than what we realize. But anyway, verse 1, it says in chapter 1, I'm just going to read a few verses. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amatea, to go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord, headed to Tarshish. We know the story. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port after paying. And he didn't care. Y'all, come on. He didn't care where it was going as long as it wasn't going to Nineveh. But if you look on the map, Nineveh was just a few hundred miles this way, a few miles, and over here, 2,500 miles away, was Tarshish. And here's the thing that we got to understand about this. I can run from God, but I can't run from God. I can run away from where I think he is, but I'm running to him just as much as I'm running away from him because he's everywhere. But anyway, so he said, go to that city. But Jonah went and ran away to the Lord. He headed to Tarsus. He went down to Joppa. He got the ship and all that stuff. Verse 4, it says, then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, such a violent storm that a man dimensioned and rose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid and each cried out to his own God. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck. And he was sleeping, right? What's up with that? And then the captain came down to him and he said, how could you sleep? And, and I don't imagine it's, it's, I mean, you know, this is irate. This is like dramatic. He said, get up and call on your God. I mean, that somebody that was not worshiping the same God would have to tell him to get up and call on his God. It's a little bit messed up. But he said, maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. So here you got two different stories. Both of them are common in a, in a certain sense. Two different stories, one from the old, one from the new, but they have some things in common. And there's two things I want to point out to you today that I believe God wants to speak to all of us. The number one thing is effort. Now, I know that Amanda was talking about battling and fighting and all this stuff, and that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about fighting. I'm talking about just work. Somebody help me out. Work. Effort. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about effort like fighting against something. I'm talking about just getting up and doing something. How many of you ever known some really smart people, but they're lazy? You know what I'm saying? They got all kinds of good ideas, but they ain't got no effort. They ain't got no work. They ain't got no elbow grease. You know, things of that nature. And so in both stories, there's a tremendous amount of effort being uh, put forth by every party involved in John 21 and Jonah chapter 1. Jonah had a choice, right? He could go to Nineveh or he could go the other way to Tarshish. He hated the idea of going to Nineveh because he felt like God's, like the people there were just beyond saving. They were evil, too evil, and it was a waste of time and God was wrong and he shouldn't even consider putting him in that situation. So he, so he went the other direction. Now we have the beauty of seeing the end of the story. Jonah didn't have the beauty of seeing the end of the story at the time, but it's a really cool story and I'm glad I'm not the one who lived it. How about y'all? I don't, I don't want to live that story. So he went the other direction, running from God, doing it his own way. But here's what I see in the story. No matter what he chose, it required effort. Y'all understand? 
Either way that you choose this morning, you're looking at certain things in your life. If I go this way, the wrong way, it requires effort. If I go the right way, it requires effort. It requires obedience. It requires sacrifice. If I go this way, it requires obedience. It requires sacrifice. I'm not obeying God. I'm obeying the world. I'm obeying myself, my flesh, my mind, my own ideas. But Jonah, he hated the idea of going to Nineveh. So no matter what he chose, though, it actually required a lot of effort on both parts. But think about it, though. He could go to Nineveh, preach to, 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 to those people, or he could go to Tarshish, and he, could get, he got tossed in a violent storm. We know the story, right? And he had, even, he had even the experienced sailors. Now, I've been on some boats, not any cruise ships, really have no desire to go on a cruise ship at this point in my life. I'm really good with not being there. Some of y'all may be good with that. I don't know, but I'm just not. There's two things about it. One is, I ain't in control. And the second thing is, is I'm going to eat. I'm going to gain 10 or 20 pounds while I'm on that ship in one week. I guarantee it. So I'm going to stay away from it. Okay? So anyway, I don't have a desire to be on it. But here's a situation where you have experienced sailors and the sailors, it's such a bad storm. They've been through some storms. They've experienced some rough times. And it's so bad that even the sailors are scared and crying out to their God. So let's put it in perspective here. This isn't, this isn't a storm. This is a storm. Like, think about the boat like this. And like water and everything inside the boat sliding and flipping. Meanwhile, this violent storm. And where's Jonah? He's snoring for crying out loud. What is the deal? But you know what I think? It's not because Jonah was trusting God. It was that Jonah just was so depressed and so anxious as far as depression and anxiety that he just said, I'm going to lay down here and sleep because I don't even want to be here. I don't want to be there. I don't want to be anywhere. I'm quite good with just dying, to be honest with you. And here we got Jonah in this situation. So he goes down. He goes through this violent storm. He experiences the scared sailors. He gets thrown overboard by the sailors because they had already exhausted every measure that they had at Amanda mentioned. And then he throw him over. And think about it. Jonah didn't know this is the part where I jump off and God sends a great fish to come and swallow me up. He didn't know that part like we did. He didn't look, look in Jonah chapter 1 and the last verse. It says... Okay, I'm going to jump out. Now he didn't have that. So I believe when Jonah went overboard, he just said, here I am. I'm going to die here. And I wonder how long he floated. You know, I wonder how long. I don't think he was struggling for his life. I think he wanted to die. That's just me. And as Amanda mentioned, her uncle, every time that he gave up, what happened? He floated to the top. And so it's interesting. And then all of a sudden in his floating, he thinks this is the end of my days. And then all of a sudden a great fish, we call it a whale, but it's not necessarily what it may be. Now, VeggieTales said it was a whale. And it was such a big whale that the little pea or whatever it was, or cucumber or whatever, set and made a fire inside the belly's whale. And I want to tell you all something this morning. I guarantee you it wasn't like that. I guarantee you. And it's so interesting to me that he spent three days there as well. Because there's so many times that three is mentioned in Scripture. One of them is the fact that Jesus went down, what? Somebody help me, into the, to the grave where he built a campfire, roasted marshmallows, and sang Kumbaya. 
No. So Jonah's spinning, and it's kind of like a precursor to what's getting ready to happen with the Son of God, right? And so here's Jonah in this well, and so he's got all this. He's been swallowed. He's, he's nasty. Think about it. I don't know if you've ever considered it, but what happens when something goes into your stomach? It begins to digest. It begins to break down. So Jonah was in that belly for, somebody help me, three days. Don't you think that he actually dealt with the things that anything else that came down that belly would have dealt with? And so it wasn't like he was like down there smelling potpourri from Bath, Bath and Body Works. He was smelling fish. He was smelling all the things. It actually says that seaweed was wrapped around his head. This is tight quarters, and he is praying. And you can read about those prayers in the book of Jonah. He was praying while he was there inside that because God will allow you to go to that place to change your life. But God never meant that place to be your destruction. But here's the thing. I guarantee you, Jonah, to me, honestly, this is my take. I believe when Jonah was spit out on land, that Jonah looked different than when he left because he was dealing with three days of being in the belly of a fish that digested food, that had things like that. I believe his skin looked different. I believe his eyes looked different. I believe this man looked different. But it didn't matter to him what he looked like at that point because he's actually on shore, not in the belly of a fish. But anyway, that's a whole other story. Think about it. This is what it looks like when we do it our way. It takes effort. If I went to Nineveh, it requires effort. If I go down to Tarshish, it requires effort. Now, how many of y'all are with me this morning? How many of y'all think you'd rather go to Nineveh today than you would go to Tarshish? The way of which Jonah went. I'm going to tell you, doing it my way may seem good, but it seems to me that it took more effort to go my way than it did to go God's way. But it's awful tempting to go that way because I don't want to do what God's telling me. God's telling me to do something incredibly hard. But if y'all remember... If, you, if you've read the story, it was just a few chapters in Jonah. You remember when Jonah did go to Nineveh and he preached, the people were like, holy cow. It's not what they said exactly. <laughs> but that's my favorite spiritual word that's not in the Bible. Holy cow. They said, holy cow, he's right. And even the king said, holy cow. He said, we've got to call a fast. Nobody is allowed to eat. We need to put on sackcloth and ashes. We need to repent of our sins. And revival broke out in Nineveh from a man who didn't even care for Nineveh. But there was one who cared about Nineveh. And that was God. And he sent the only man apparently in the region that he could send because he was a cruddy example of somebody that should be sent. But look what happened. God sent him this way. In Jonah's mind, he created this novel of a book about how it was going to shake down and how bad it was going to be. So he said, I'm not going to go that way. I'm going to go this way. And what he ended up, he didn't just write a novel. He ended up writing a Hollywood story over here on this side because of all the things that he went through because of the effort he put forth to run from God. But when he finally made it back to the place, <laughs> this is what I love about God, because, listen, God has prepared a way for you, but God will allow you to go your own way. But God will go with you the way that you choose, but he'll always bring you back to the place that you started at. Because that's what happened to Jonah. That fish came back, 
spit him up on land, and then God said, okay, now which way do you want to go? <laughs> well, you want to go my way or you want to go your way? And, of course, Jonah said, yeah, I think I'll go to Nineveh now. And he did that. And it's interesting to see that God will do that. So here's the thing. I want you to remember this before we go into to John 21 real quick. But remember this. God has always, he's only prepared one way. But he allows us to go the way that we choose. Remember that. But he'll always lead us back to his way when we have our eyes open to that. But did you know that it's possible to be running from God but going the same direction God's going? Have you ever thought about it? I've done this myself. It's called having the, having the power but denying having the look, having the, but denying the power thereof. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm running, and I see God, and I'm running the same direction, but I'm not going to the same place. God's going here, and I'm going here, but we're running parallel almost with each other, but we're not going the same place. You understand? So here's what it looks like. I'm going to church I've been reading my Bible. I've been praying. I've been, I've, I ain't been cussing God. You know I ain't been cussing. And I ain't been doing the thing. I ain't cheated in a long time, God. And I'm going the same direction, but I'm not going with him. I'm going the same direction. It looks like I'm going to the same place, but I'm not. I'm actually still running. Because here's what a lot of us think. I'm not Jonah. I've never ran from God. But running from God doesn't have to be the opposite direction. Running from God can be the same direction that God's going, which is the scarier place to be because I look like I'm right where I need to be, but I'm not because I'm not walking in faith. Because until I'm able to reach out and grab his hand and go over here on his track, I'm always going to be here and I'm always going to be, I, I'm going to heaven, but I just, I'm missing some stuff because I've not put my whole trust in him. I'm not, I'm pulling a Jonah. It didn't matter if Jonah went which direction he went. If he didn't trust God, it wouldn't have mattered. So some of us are probably, I can say for myself, I don't think that I can relate to Jonah in such an extent that I would ever have ran from God that way. But I can say that I've run from God nearby, close by, because I didn't want anybody else to think that I was living bad. So I had the appearance, but I denied the power that was within me. You know, there's another scripture that says living a seemly right way. You know, uh, years ago, my father used that on us. Uh, sperm donor, as I mentioned, 20-some years ago, he, he used that on us. and said that we were living a seemly right way. And, and I was like, what does that even mean? So I dove into it. You know, it's, it's kind of along those lines. It's kind of being hypocritical. And, you know, and so I, it is what it is. And uh, here's the thing that I do understand, that I have the potential to be the biggest hypocrite in here. I do. I absolutely have that potential. But thank God I walk hand in hand with Jesus, and he does the best he can to make sure I don't be a hypocrite. And that's being real. That's being honest with everybody. I have that potential in me. And you know what? If somebody tells you they don't, they're a liar. They're lying to themselves. But here's the thing that I know, that if I'm running along beside him, I'm no closer to him than I was years ago. I've been in church for years, but I'm no closer. I'm not hearing God. I've been reading my Bible for years, but I'm not really hearing God. Nothing's changed in my life. Well, that means I'm running beside him, but not with him. I'm not putting my whole trust. But here's the beauty of that. You're close enough that all you have to do is take that one decision and decide that you are going to step out in faith. And you are going to take his hand. 
You aren't 100,000 miles away from where he's at. So then you go over to the disciples. And you still remember the story. They were out fishing all night. And that required work on their part. They had to get in the boat. They had to prepare the nets. They had to go out. And, and I don't know if they had fit. I don't know how long it had been since they fished. Who knows? I don't know how, how this worked as far as that was concerned. But nonetheless, they went out. They fished all night. And they caught nothing. But then... Under the leadership of Jesus, they caught more than they could stand. Y'all see that? You see Jonah, who ran and, and exerted tons of effort. I mean, think about staying in that, uh, that, uh, that belly for three days. He didn't eat. None of those things. He's probably starved to death and everything else. I mean, you go on and on. And here the disciples are. They ain't caught a thing. And Jesus, under the leadership of him, he said, send, send it, put him in the, uh, on the other side of the boat. I tried this the other day. We went fishing this week, me and two of the boys, and we were fishing on the pier. And several times, several times, even Josiah, because we, we had just read the story the night before we went fishing. And it was, not it was not like we did it on purpose. It was just coincidental. And we were not catching anything. So several times, Josiah looked at me. I looked at him. He said, I'm going to the other side. I said, I'm with you. Let's cast our line on the other side. And it didn't work for us. They just, and I was like, Jesus, where are you? I mean, we need you here on this pier with us. And you are not. And then I would get a bite and I was like, oh, there he is. And then nothing. So, and I think that sometimes Jesus looks at us and says, I can't even help you be a good fisherman. I mean, you know, this is pretty bad. So here's the thing. You, you go over to the disciples and they put forth this effort to catch nothing. But then under the leadership of Jesus, they catch so many. What was it, 153? that they can't even haul it in. That's more than what a normal net can even handle. Think about this. I want you to think about the story. What changed from the time they caught nothing for hours and hours to the time that they couldn't even haul in what they caught? Did the nets change? Did the boat change? Did the men change? Nothing changed except for one thing. And that was Jesus said, cast your nets on the other side. My resources don't need to change for me to experience God's goodness in my life. I'm praying for God to give me more resources, God to give me different resources, God to put me in different relationships. And God said, no, I got you in the boat. If you will just listen to me and do what I say, I promise you the resources you need are right in your hands right now. Nothing changed about the story. And it took just as much effort. Actually, it took more effort to do it their way than it did to do it the way that Jesus said to do it. How many times did they cast their net during the night? I have no idea. Dozens of times probably. Casting their net, dragging it in, nothing. Throw it out, drag it in, nothing. And then all of a sudden Jesus shows up one time. It's more than they can handle. Who's ready to experience obedience at this point? I mean, I'm ready to do it that way. <laughs> I'm ready to do it God's way, absolutely. So God is going before me. He is always preparing a way. God had already gone before Jonah. And this is the second thing that I, need you to, I want you to see about this today is that God had already gone before Jonah. And we know that because when Jonah did go to Nineveh, the sermon he preached was well received. He didn't ex expect that. And the people humbled themselves down, and we know the story. It was actually so much easier than getting swallowed by a fish. Who would have thought that that would have been so much easier? Now we know, though, that Jonah still had issues with God. And, and I believe that's where a lot of us need to have an honest evaluation of ourselves today. Is he still had issues with God because he did not 
want God to save those people because they were too evil to be saved. But God, boy, I tell you what, if you ain't thankful today, you should be because God has never given up on you. Not one single second of any single hour of any single day of your lifetime has God ever said, you know what, Jonah, you're right. They are beyond my reach because God's seen that, and, and Jonah couldn't. And I don't know about y'all, but I have even done it myself. I've been guilty myself of saying, God, I don't know about that one. And God says, no, I, I think I see something in them that you don't see. And then God went and brought revival through a man that could care less about the people. Imagine what it would have been like if he actually cared about him. And as soon as it says, as soon as it happened, he went out, sat down. God provided shade, but he was sitting there, not because he was enjoying what God did. He was sitting there waiting on God to strike the city down dead. Think about that. This is a screwed up guy. If he came to celebrate recovery on Sunday nights, we'd all be like, what the heck? What kind of drugs you been on, man? You messed up. I mean, I don't know what your deal is. And we'd leave out of here and we'd probably all say, I mean, he's welcome back, but I don't know if it's going to do him any good because that guy screwed up. He is messed up in the head, right? So, I mean, I'm just saying, God is always preparing of the way. Disciples had fished all night. They caught nothing. They were sitting on top of God's provision and didn't know it. <laughs> How close are you? How close are you? Could you be sitting on top of God's greatest provision ever in your life, but the refusal to do it God's way means that you'll always be sitting right on top of it, but never actually getting what it is that God has. Now, this isn't about prosperity. This may be something health-wise. This may be financial. This may be physical. This may be emotional, spiritual. I don't know. Somebody in here needs to, man, somebody, somebody, probably more than one somebody, needs to understand that this is the day that that changes for you. Think about that. If you could go under the water, I don't know what it would have looked like. If you could go under the water, in my weird mind, the disciples <laughs> all night long in this boat moving around, and there's schools and schools of fish right here on this side, and every time they would throw their net over, the fish would move over here. That's just what I see. I know that's probably not true. But anyway, and then they would cast it over here and the fish would come over here. You know why? Because the fish were waiting on the word from their creator. And the word from the creator had to connect with the obedience of the ones he created. And that was called faith. And then they caught so many they couldn't stand. If they could see, listen, if you could see what was right underneath your boat today, I guarantee you, you'd walk out of here and you would make it your priority to walk in faith and trust God with it. Guarantee it. God is preparing a way for me and you. That today is the day that I believe that some of us see it. And I'm thankful for it. God, we thank you today for your provision. We thank you today that you're always going before us and preparing a way for us, God. You are so many things to so many people. We can't thank you enough. God, today we thank you for the stories that we read in Scripture that are legit, real stories. God, they're not just make-believe. They're not fairy tales. These are real stories about real people that had real struggles. So many of us can relate to Jonah. So many of us can. And so many of us feel like that maybe we're in the belly of that fish right now. But God, I believe that you're bringing us back to the place that you said you started at. 
And then you give us the choice again. Now, which way do you want to go? And God, if we chose to go the way of Tarshish again, I believe you would go before us again. But it was always going to be bringing us back to the place that you want us to be. And God, I don't want to spend the rest of my days going to Tarshish and back to the seashore. Back to Tarshish, back to, back to the seashore, back to Tarshish. God, I want to stop right now while I'm on the shore and say, God, I want to go to Nineveh today. It looks hard, but God, I believe that your blessings are beyond my comprehension if I go to Nineveh. And God, today, just like the disciples, I work hard. And God, if I'm going to work, gosh, I, I want to be productive and I want to be fruitful. So God, help our work today. Help our effort. And God, some of us that maybe we're believing in faith. We've been praying, but we're not putting forth the effort. We have dreams, we have visions, but we're not putting the effort forth with it. Because I believe that no matter what, we have to put forth effort. But the question is, are we going to put forth effort in our own flesh, or are we going to put it trusting you? Help us, God, today to trust you. God, just like Amanda said, it's time. We've been thrown off the boat. Maybe we need to throw some people off the boat. Maybe we need to make some serious changes in our life today. Thank you, God, today that you care enough about us that you'll never leave us, never forsake us. And God, we are those Ninevites today in need of grace, in need of mercy. And we thank you that you're a God of both. We love you in Jesus' name. Thanks again for joining us for today's podcast. You can find out more about us at lhchampton.com. See you soon.